From Leader in Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. Have you ever had one of those moments where you catch yourself dreaming about where your students will be in 10 years? What impact they're going to have in this world? You know what? Those golden thoughts hold true for our families as well. They want all this and more for their child. The truth is that when we work together as a team with and for our families, we truly impact the trajectory of our students, where the results are evident in both the school building and in the lives of our students. So how do we create intentional engagement with our families in ever-changing times? Today, we're connecting with Ebony Lofton, a Leader Me coach and consultant, serving schools in North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. Together, we're going to explore ways to organically engage our families in unpredictable times. Ebony, welcome to the Empowering Teacher Podcast. Hi, Molly. How are you? Fantastic. It is such an honor to share a space with you today. And I would love for us to open up our conversation around a school that you're working with that has truly taken family engagement to the next level finding just those organic ways to empower their families to be creative and how they're bringing their genius to the school. And we want our listeners to know that their beginning of their story can be very similar to our listeners Mm -hmm. that are out there right now. Can you share with us a little about who they are and their Leader in Me journey? Yeah. So the school is called Oxford Elementary. It's in Claremont, North Carolina, small town. It's really a precious school. It's been around for a hundred years. They just celebrated their 100 year anniversary. It's a staple in the community. Lots of teachers there now were students there and Mm. so on and so forth. So just a real great community feel and vibe to the culture of the school. And they've been in Leader and Me now for seven years, and they're actually going for Lighthouse. But they truly believe in the paradigms and principles and practices of the seven habits and have just exploded with Leader and Me. And ironically, their explosion, the height of their deep understanding and alignment with the habits to real life came out of the pandemic. And one of their coordinators has said the pandemic in a way helped us to use the habits even more and to go even deeper. It wasn't one more thing to do. It became how we did life Mm -hmm. and they just lived that to the fullest. Wow. They are the true embodiment of our framework, which is what this work is all about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ebony, sometimes as a school, especially in, you know, uncertain times, we can lean into those traditional ways to connect with our families. You know, the auto dialers, the email blasts, <laughs> the monthly updates that kind of yeah. bring us some comfort, right? Because they evolve out of routine. Talk to us about how Oxford Elementary how they took that traditional sense of connecting with families and they made it different. And why did they choose different? So before the pandemic, family engagement was going to be one of their things. And two of their coordinators got certified in Seven Habits for Families with their principal. And we were ready. We had these plans (laughs) ready to go in March 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We all know that. We know that it's like a mental tattoo. Yes, yes. (laughs) And when the pandemic hit, 
the same time, we were learning as Franklin Covey coaches and consultants about the change theory. And then we took that learning to our schools. And that fall of 2020, our community learning was around the change theory. So, you know, we were all just trying to figure out how to survive and be healthy, right? And stay safe and still do school well Mm -hmm. with children. And the principles, like, we still need to connect with our families. Like, we cannot forget about them. And as they were in community learning around the change theory, we were talking about the zone of innovation. We were problem solving. How can we innovate and still reach our families? And they they came up with this idea to do a virtual book study with their families with the seven habits for highly effective families. And it has just blossomed into something truly incredible. It all came out of us recognizing we were in the pandemic, but the one constant in life is change, as Dr. Covey said. And even though change is happening, we still have to serve our families and our children with that same vigor, even in the midst of a pandemic. So I'm just really proud of what they have come away with and what their families have come away with. I love that word vigor that you use. It's such an empowering space to be in. It just really shows the power and the gusto that they had behind embracing the change model. So Ebony, it sounds like Oxford really embraced the change model and let Mm -hmm. that guide the work that they were doing to bring them to that zone of innovation. For our listeners that may not be familiar with the change model, can you just give just a quick one, two, three step on what it is? Yeah, sure. So Molly, you know, as I said, the one constant we do have in life is change. And it's definitely going to happen, right? No one saw this coming. We certainly didn't think we were going to wake up in March 2020 and not be able to go see our children on Monday at school. And when we're faced with complex change, we can make a decision. We can stay where we are in this sort of zone of status quo where we expect things to change. We can kind of move a little bit in a linear fashion, sort of into this zone of disruption where we make a decision, okay, well, change is happening. What can I do about it? What am I able to do about it? And activating my circle of influence and also helping other people that may be stuck there. And then once you make that decision, getting into that zone of adoption and just, I've made this decision, I'm going to focus on what matters, recommit, I'm going to you know, keep track of my progress. And then really emerging into that zone of innovation is where these great things can truly, truly happen out of change to the point where this school has determined that no matter what, they will never stop doing a virtual book study for their families. They will never stop doing virtual IEP meetings for their families because they've been able to engage and connect at a level that didn't exist prior to COVID. And that only arose out of change. Change happens and we have to make a decision. What are we going to do when it comes into our lives? You know, do we look at it, admire it? (laughs) Do we activate our circle of influence? And, And if we innovate, what beautiful things can come out of that? That is so powerful. It's like a a neon light just flashing in front of me, paradigm, paradigm, paradigm. You know, and I think about Dr. Covey's words where he says, you know, if you want to make minor changes in your life, work on your behavior, you know, but if you want to make significant quantum breakthroughs, work on your paradigms. And that is truly a foundational lens in how we see change in our Leader Me schools. Talk to us about the staff at Oxford Elementary School. You started to really bring out their brilliance in their realization that in order to move forward, they needed to work on their paradigm. So what did that look and sound like for them? 
Yeah, so they really started leaning into the habits and living the habits, taking on this view that the habits are not something we do to children. Mm. It's a journey we take with them, that idea of with, you know, and really leaning into the paradigms and principles when things got really, really tough in order to just survive and not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. Because as we know, right, as educators, districts were all over the place. Things were changing. You'd come in one day and the district would say do X. By two o'clock, the district would say do Y. (laughs) Things were changing, right? And so you had to have something to root yourselves into. And they chose the habits. And the way the staff has been able to grow closer, connect deeper, their relationships have strengthened. And because they're strengthened as a staff, so are their students in their community. Their discipline has gone down. They have just really been able to do great things and wonderful things. And Lighthouse right now for them is just hey, come see what we're already doing because we're pretty fantastic because we choose this every day. We wake up and choose to live this and activate this in real time every single day. That is so empowering, Ebony. I just, what I'm hearing you say is that they lived the habits in such a way that they embraced the storm versus running from it. And Mm -hmm. the outcome is come see this. We are awesome. We choose agency to make the difference with our students. That is so Mm, empowering. Oh my goodness gracious, Ebony. And then I think about, we know that when we take a learning team approach to family engagement, meaning we have the student, parent, teacher, principal working, that's that whole Mm -hmm. idea that you're seeing with Mm -hmm. the outcome is so impactful. So let's describe for our listeners, how did Oxford take the learning team approach to family engagement? Oh man. So they came up with this beautiful idea. So we all know the Willy Wonka chocolate factory with the golden ticket. So the family and community partnerships action team worked together to come up with this golden ticket families concept. So they chose 30 families in their building to give a golden ticket to. And those families were invited to participate in this virtual book study. And every month was a focus on a specific habit. They gifted the families with the Seven Habits for Families book, and they would send those students home that day of the book study with a gift bag, like a grab bag. And it had all these like trinkets in it. And the families didn't know, what is this for? So like <laughs> yeah. for habit one, they got the soda bottle and the water, right? Oh my gosh. And the laminated yes. placemat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for the why, for exploring the why and paradigms, they got a bag of popcorn to do a family movie night after the book study. But the kids would go home with the grab bag and the families are like, what is this? Well, they can't find out until they attend the book study oh, that night. Over genius. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 30 families, when they're done at the end of the year, they gift that golden ticket to another 30 families in the community. So now you're empowering families to empower more families. So this inside out model has just exploded. So families are like, well, when are we going to get a ticket? Yeah. <laughs> and so engagement is not no longer something they're fighting for. It's people are coming to them, begging them for engaged, to be in, um, engaged and connected. Um, and 
to the point where they just had their 100 years leadership day celebration. Their leadership day was focused around the 100 years theme and they were bursting at the seams. The media was there. Families couldn't wait to get into the building. And that's because it started with this work before families weren't trickling into the building. Now they're almost at capacity when they have events of families lining up to show up for the school, for this, for these students, for this community. And it all started out of being in that zone of innovation and being in the pandemic and how can we still reach our families? And they went with this virtual book study and now families are waiting for their golden ticket. It seems so small, Molly, and I know schools struggle a lot with family engagement, right? That's a national sort of issue or trend we have in education. But to take something so simple and connect with families on just a a very basic grab bag book study level turned into something pretty phenomenal. We tend to overcomplicate things sometimes. This is huge. And if I'm a listener right right now, I might be thinking, oh my goodness, the potential and for it to be contagious. Because that's, it sounds like exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. It started with a core group and then that eventually gifted to another group of families and so on. And now it's something that everyone is excited to be a part of. Let's break that down a little bit. How did this evolution begin? (laughs) Like, how did it start, you know, to where it's at now? What are those beginning steps to make something like this happen? I would say first things first, really strong action teams, right? Mm -hmm. When you have action teams that understand what their big rocks are for the year and they really are able to answer those essential questions, you know, who are we as a team? What is our role? What outcomes do we want to achieve by the end of the year? And putting laser-like focus on that so that family and community partnerships team really knew that this was a priority. This is an area where we needed to continue to grow as a school and as a staff. How do we do this? And then they just started brainstorming and synergizing to come up with some ideas. And this was the idea they came up with. And at first, it's one of those things where you're excited about something, but you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know. And they just started. And sometimes, you know, when you can brainstorm an idea, you create an action plan, you have your action steps. The next step is to go and try it. And if it doesn't work, we come back to the table, we reflect, we decide, okay, maybe that was not (laughs) so good. But starting Mm -hmm. is a big thing after your, you know, structure is in place and you have the ability to answer those key questions and begin with the end in mind, then you can go forth. I know we say simple, And I don't want to minimize family engagement, Mm -hmm. but I think you're right. Sometimes we overcomplicate what it means to make these connections with our families. And just by doing that and then starting with this golden ticket idea, determining who those 30 families would be. And of course, they wanted to pick families that would be able to be influencers in the community, right? And because it's a small community, right? Mm -hmm. So they, Mm -hmm. they know everyone kind of knows everyone. And then choosing the families and determining what was going to be in those grab bags to send home to students, you know, setting the date that these virtual book studies would happen, sending, purchasing the books from Franklin Covey, sending them to families, getting them ready, issuing that golden ticket, generating excitement on Facebook. They're really active on their social school Facebook page and social media and just kind of having everybody else kind of like, well, what is this golden ticket thing? Am I inviting? (laughs) And so it just spread from there and they took a risk and here they are. And here they are. Just start, try it, reflect. 
Start, yeah. try it, reflect, right? There you go, Molly. You just <laughs> created a model. <laughs> that actually could be our motto in life, right? And here's the thing. They were intentional, right? Mm-hmm. So the path in between, they were refining along the way. Their end was they wanted to truly honor and empower their families. And they started mm-hmm. small. And now it's very contagious, very organic, and very intentional. I want to ask this question because sometimes, you know, as educators, we listen to an idea. And we get so excited when we see our colleagues and experience our colleagues find success. It's very contagious. And then it makes it doable, Ebony, for us because we're like, gosh, you know, if our colleagues can do this, we got this. We, you know, we've seen examples of it living. And mm-hmm. if we're not careful, we could almost make it a cookie cutter approach, right? We're going to do it exactly like they did it. Mm-hmm. And we can tend to lose, you know, the school's DNA in the process. What advice would you recommend to teachers, to action teams, so that we keep engagement at the forefront for our families and we also keep our own personal school DNA as well in that space? I would say that you stay true to who you are. We could go to, you know, these big conferences and things and hear all these ideas that schools are doing and we're going to take it back and do it exactly like they did it. We can make a grave mistake and not paying attention to who we are, what's our identity, who are we serving, how do they need to be served. For example, I have this school that they try to start doing student-led conferences like everybody else in the people's schools they have visited. And what they had learned was that the best way to do student-led conferences for their school was to actually do them during report card time. And so families had to come in to grab their report card and then they would have the student-led conference right then. And that worked for their community. So I would say, know who you are, know the fabric of your community. What worked really well at Oxford is they really understand their community, their families. They know who the family influencers are, who the student influencers are, and work that approach that way. They went in through the back door. They didn't go in through the front door, right? So not every approach or idea can be easily replicated in your school, but you can take nuggets or tidbits from what you hear and embed that into the fabric of who you are. So stay true to who you are and be authentic that way. And that kind of leads to the next question that just been swirling in my mind the whole time that we're talking is Oxford discovered a way to see the worth of potential in their families. How did they go about doing that specifically? that worth of potential is screaming in the golden ticket. You could tell that they really honor their families. How did they help their families see their worth of potential? I think it was an evolution. The seven habits, when you're engaging in that content, it takes a moment. Molly, you and I have trained it many, many times. And right around habit two, habit three, we start to see light bulbs go off. and people start to make these connections and synopses start firing like, oh my gosh, this is really about me. And this is really deep and it's impactful and it's introspective. So at first, you know, families are just kind of trying to figure out, hey, what is this? (laughs) Is this going to go away? Is this um, just a one-time thing? Are they going to be consistent? And just trying to identify and figure out what is this going to do for me, for my family? And as that evolution, you know, that introspection and that internal monologue turned up and families started to realize, okay, this is really about us and growing to the type of family we want to be. 
and just growing effectiveness at home as well as school. It was a process. It was over time. And now it's the buzz. It's the thing that is like the community talks about. And that's what we want, right? That's empowerment. Mm -hmm. We want to create ideas that go from school to home to families. And Mm -hmm. the seven habits become alive everywhere in our communities, that they don't just stay from 8 to 8.15 during leader and meet time, that they're everywhere ubiquitous all the time. So it was a process. And now it's, like I said, there's that tapping their fingers, like, am I next? Do I get the golden ticket? I love that. You could just sense that just eagerness to be a part of such a great event within their school. You know, as we're listening, I always try to kind of listen in from the perspective of the school that is, gosh, we're ready for this. And also our schools or our educators who may, might be listening thinking, okay, this may not be something that is doable for me right now as a school in this very moment. However, as a teacher, I might want to tap into that power of family engagement. So what are some actionable steps that if maybe I'm feeling like maybe not collectively as a school, but what could I do in my classroom that's in my circle of control to tap into family engagement? Molly, we actually have this new content called A Culture of Belonging. And I think about a piece that comes from that content that talks about, you know, positive versus authentic relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think about how do we go below the water Mm -hmm. and to go deeper and really get to know our families of the children in our classrooms, because it's a part of who they are. Children are not just our children. They come from a family. And who are they when they leave us? when the bell rings and and what matters to them and what's important to them. And I think, you know, that's a part of building those authentic relationships and that whole person paradigm that our children are not just Mm, students. They are human beings. They're a part of something beyond our walls. And what is that something that is a part of their identity? And if we can connect and create that line of communication to students that you matter, but your families matter too. They're a part of you and building that bridge. And I think that families sometimes, we may not always necessarily want to build deeper because we have so much going on in our classrooms and there's already so many needs that exist, but personally think it's a bridge that needs to be made. I know I'm a parent and I was always really overjoyed when teachers would try to connect with me and send me little surveys home about what matters to me and and how did I like to be communicated with and I'm like oh okay honoring yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's it's really it's the little things Molly and the openness and uh, making families feel like you're approachable and that's one way to start Right. It reminds me of, you know, being invited versus being welcomed. Mm. And when, when we build those authentic relationships with mm. our students who are a part of a family, right? Our mm-hmm. family in our community, their own personal families, when we choose authentic relationships, mm-hmm. the message we're sending is that you're loved and you belong. Mm-hmm. And that's so empowering and what it's an accelerator. It really, it amplifies the work that we get to do with our families. Ebony, oh my goodness. Thank you for leaning into the power of embracing the genius of our families and shining the light on the impact that we have with our students when we take a team approach. And of course, thank you for sharing the genius of Oxford Elementary School. (laughs) Our listeners are definitely walking away with some implementation possibilities, including myself. Like I feel like I want to go. I need the grab bag. Like I (laughs) 
I want that. Can they send me the grab bag? I want the golden ticket. We're going to do a little bit of a pivot. We're going to jump into the rapid fire question zone and we're going to have some fun. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right, Kate. Here we go. Best part of being a coach. Oh my goodness. Every day is different and unique. There's something beautiful about being in a different school every day and building all of these relationships across the East Coast. I I cannot even put it into words, but my heart explodes every time I walk into a campus. It gives me chills. It gives me chills. All right. One thing that you're grateful for today. Sun. It's been raining here. I'm grateful for the sun. Yeah, I love that. It's the simple things in life. All right, mm-hmm. one quick fact that most people may not know about you. I want you to know I have all my listening ears on on this one. <laughs> so I skipped first grade. Okay, that needs a part two. <laughs> I skipped first grade and... <laughs> it was back in the day when we had like this Iowa test uh-huh. in North Carolina and... I guess I scored high enough and they were like, she doesn't need to go to first grade. My mom's like, really? <laughs> well, okay. Then this definitely connects to the next one. One word your past teachers would use to describe you. Oh, congenial. Congenial. Mm-hmm. I could see that for sure. Okay. Last question. What is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Know your shelf life. Mm. I'm holding on to that one, Ebony. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Thank you for having some fun with us. Everyone will be right back with some more greatness from Ebony in just a moment. When you are working with a colleague, a friend, or even a student, have you ever had a change of heart? Saw something in a new way? Felt new energy and excitement? Came up with a new idea? that was better than what you both started with? If so, you've experienced true synergy. I'm Jan McCartan, Leader in Me coach and Lighthouse reviewer, and I have witnessed true synergy in so many of our Leader in Me schools over the years. Check out the new Synergy Awards on theleaderinme.com to honor and celebrate our students as they experience the habit of creative cooperation. Welcome to the Paradigm Pause. It is without question that the past two years have been different and difficult, especially when it comes to family engagement. We can find ourselves in an unfamiliar place where we step away from opportunities to connect with our families, or we can lean into our current reality and seek a different approach. Ebony invites us to consider the power of family engagement when we keep it simple and intentionally focus on genuine connections. Oxford Elementary School didn't make it about the activity, the doing aspect of engagement. Instead, they focused on connecting with their families in a way that would empower them to connect with others. During a time when many people felt isolated and alone, their choice to lead and reach out to connect proves that when we're propelled by the heart of this work, amazing things can happen. Welcome back, everyone. We always end our podcast episode with one doable action step and strategy that you, the empowering teacher, can take right back to the classroom. So, Ebony, keeping our focus today on the power of family engagement, what is one thing that our teachers can really implement and move forward with today that will have a big impact? 
You know, Molly, what comes to mind for me is, you know how we, with students, we often do like an all about me inventory that we include in the myself tab of their leadership notebooks. And we really do, you know, what's your favorite food and tell me something about you, how many siblings do you have, so on and so forth. What if we did an all about our family's inventory and teachers, you know, had an opportunity to talk with students about what is their family made of and and what's important to your family and bring that in and include that in their leadership portfolio. And then even wrapping some of those things into our student-led conferences and including it so it feels more like a family event. Because if we can just rewind back in time and think about how many of our families probably didn't feel that sense of inclusion and belonging Mm -hmm. They were students. And if we have the opportunity to extend empowerment beyond the classroom to include them, how we could really change the world. Those authentic relationships, making student-led conferences a family event. Mm -hmm. Talk about a learning team approach. Ebony, thank you for sharing your genius with us today. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You've got this.